Welcome, everybody, to a special summer edition of the Big East Coast Podcast. Robert O'Neill joined by Chris Novak and special guest Russ Steinberg from SB Nation's Mid-Major Madness and various other SB Nation properties. Um, we have gathered today in the summer to talk about UConn coming back to the Big East. Yeah, the Huskies finally returned back to the conference after, uh, about five years after leaving. Uh, well, they didn't leave, actually. Everything kind of fell apart. Um, but nevertheless, um, they're back. Uh, they're going to be going into the conference starting officially in the 2020-21 season and beyond. Uh, so this is obviously very exciting news for the summer. Yeah, and, you know, it kind of came, just kind of popped up out of nowhere. I mean, there's obviously been rumors for the past couple of years that it was going to happen, but with how quick it actually came from being a rumor to you know, actually going into action this week was pretty surprising to me because what was it, rumored last Friday night and then it was official by Wednesday? I believe so. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think just off the bat, um, it's nice to have UConn back in the Big East. I mean, we'll kind of go into what it means for both sides, but I think uh, just kind of my initial thought is that it's a positive. Um, You know, if you guys want to just give your kind of first thoughts on it here. Russ, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you guys had me on because you know I'm a UConn fan. You know I grew up in Connecticut, so this move obviously means a lot to me um, coming from that background, especially you know, primarily as a basketball fan. Uh, this is a move that the basketball side of UConn fandom has been hoping for for a long time, uh, really ever since the uh, Big East broke up in 2013 and you've seen it even as the American has done pretty well for itself as a basketball league. I mean, Memphis, Houston, SMU, UCF, Cincinnati, of course, have all had their moments all been pretty good. It's just that it wasn't the same as playing Villanova, St. John, Seton Hall, Georgetown, uh, the opponents that we remember through the nineties and two thousands, um, where UConn really made a name for itself on the national stage. And, and that's why there's so much energy among the fan base right now, even with uh, at, at least one more year to go in the American. So from the UConn perspective, this is great. And from the Big East perspective, it adds a national brand. It adds a public school with a with an alumni base, I think, bigger than any currently in the conference. That can't be understated. Um, and... It gives the Big East now the ability to go to a 20-game schedule and have them keep up with you know, power conferences in that way. So it seems like it's a great move all around, and it's probably going to result in more money for UConn and for the league as a whole. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't disagree with anything that he said. So Yeah, I mean, you know, it kind of feels like if uh, the Big East was going to expand, it was always kind of going to have to be UConn. Um, You know, I don't see the value necessarily of adding a Dayton or a SLU. Um, I mean, the only reason that those schools have ever really been brought up was because of the thought that they were sort of like-minded in a way, but in another sense, it's not really practical. Yeah. Um, I mean, you don't need to... It's obviously no disrespect or slight to either of those schools, but if you're going to add somebody, you probably want to stay within, you know, your your home base. You don't want to keep expanding out west. Yeah, and you know, I mean, obviously they they did it with Creighton and well, yeah, of course. out west, just, but you know, you that, know what I'm trying to of, say. Yeah, that was kind of a perfect storm, and yeah. it, it's worked out. Um, exactly. 
So yeah, I mean, just kind of getting into it first, kind of more from the UConn perspective, I think, you know, the big thing is it's an upgrade in conference for basketball, obviously. Um, the Big East has been better than the American, I think, pretty much every year that the American's been around, except maybe that first year. I think the first, yeah. year, well, the first year had Louisville in it, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah um, but it also had Rutgers, so, you yeah, know, it kind true. of balances out. That's true. It's true. <laughs> um, Both ends of the spectrum, that is true. And... You know, um, I think the big thing from the UConn side is what do they do with football? Um, and they seem to have something in mind. Um, they're certainly operating like they have a plan. I know they upgraded the facilities pretty recently. Um, and that's not necessarily something that I'm worried about, kind of just from the general Big East side, because I don't have to be. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I think, you know, it's it's a smart move for UConn, I think, the majority of UConn fans were probably on board with it. Russ, you can correct me if I'm wrong there, but, you know, just no, from, from what I've seen, you know, it was never a great fit in the American, and it was kind of kind of always wanting to get back to the Big East. Yeah, um, and, and it, it goes back to what I said a, a minute ago, where the, the American has not been a bad conference. Granted, nowhere near as good as the old Big East and definitely not as good as the current Big East, um, but the, the problem was it just wasn't a great fit. UConn was in with a bunch of schools that prioritize football, and, you, you know, as, as they probably should, but that's just not the profile that UConn has always fit. And now this is an opportunity to kind of put basketball back in the forefront without forgetting about football. UConn has made it very clear, despite what, you know, media reports have said, that they still intend on rebuilding that football program. Um but this just makes a lot more sense for all of UConn's other sports, except uh, for hockey as well, which plays in Hockey East. So I think uh, I, I think this was the right move for UConn. And if it weren't for the football question, I think this would have happened a while ago. Yeah, no, I agree. And, uh, you know, it it is necessary to bring up that UConn has had a bit of a down period. But I don't even know if it's been as bad as everyone seems to think. I mean, they just weren't the UConn from you know, 1995 to whatever you want to say that. Oh, it was bad. I'll stop you there as someone who watched every single game of the last few years. This was a bad team uh, two years ago. Uh, Last year, although they did have a losing record, um, they were visibly much improved in the first year under Dan Hurley. Uh, The metrics kind of showed that they finished in the top 100 of Ken Palm, which it, it sounds crazy that I would be saying that's a good thing uh, from a UConn perspective, but given where they had been, it was. And they're very clearly on the upswing now, bringing in a top 20 recruiting class. And then in the first, what is hope, hopefully going to be their first year in the Big East, uh, they'll have R.J. Cole eligible as well, one of the best uh, sit-one transfers in the country. So, yeah, the last few years have been rough. Um, but I think we're about to, uh, I, I think they're going to the Big East at the right time, right? As they're about to be competitive again. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, a thing you've seen with a lot of Big East fans is that, you know, UConn's on this down period and they might not be you know, yeah. a good program anymore. It might've all just been Jim Calhoun. And, you know, Russ, I think you tweeted it that every Big East team that was there when UConn was there has really had a worse stretch than them this century even. Um, yeah. I mean, Villanova has, and Villanova's, won two national championships in the last four years. Yeah. Like, you know, programs go through 
low points, with the exception of you know the very few. And 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 it was inevitable that UConn w- would at some point when Jim Calhoun retired. I don't think they expected the circumstances to be what they were. Um, certainly, being in the American as opposed to the Big East didn't help. Although that wasn't the reason why um, they kind of went on a, a downswing, but it certainly has made rebuilding more difficult. Uh, going back to the Big East, I know has already. Uh, just the announcement has had a positive effect. UConn has sold, I think it was something like 3,000 season tickets, including renewals and new uh, and new buyers since the announcement. And that's even with knowing that they're playing another year in the American. So the, the fan base is rejuvenated. Um, I know just from what I've been hearing kind of around the league that teams in the Northeast, particularly current Big East schools, um, are not thrilled now about having to recruit against Dan Hurley. I don't think they were thrilled about it beforehand, but mm. now put the Big East name on it as well. And, and I think um, from their perspective, they think they're in some trouble. So um, I, I don't think there's any worry whatsoever about UConn being competitive, uh, maybe not at the level they were in the Jim Calhoun years. Um, but, you know, it, it's hard to say that any team would ever be that um, that dominant. Uh, consistently, at least, except maybe Villanova in this league. Everyone else, you know, had, has had their moments for sure. But I, I think it's the right time for you, kind of, as I said. Um, and I think that, you know, people are getting their jokes off about how UConn uh, has had three straight losing seasons. And now they're bringing in another DePaul. Uh, <laughs> they say, I've seen that more than once. And I would just say, get your jokes off now, uh, because <laughs> I don't think in a year or two, um, it's going to be quite as funny. Yeah, and you know, Russ, you uh, you were at the press conference the other day. You know, the overall vibe from the press conference, I know that's kind of the vibe you want from press conference, was that both sides are just really happy right now. Um, just kind of a natural fit. Yeah, a- absolutely. Um, the uh, you, you mentioned up top that there had kind of been rumors on and off really for, for a long time now. Nothing ever really came from it uh, until last week. Uh, one thing that David Benedict, UConn's athletic director, did acknowledge was that this was not the first time that UConn had approached the Big East or that talks had happened. They had never quite materialized um, until now. Uh, from from the Big East perspective, of course, they didn't have to do this. No, uh, they didn't this conference was, has been fantastic, I think, better than anybody could have imagined it being. Um, but when you have the opportunity to add a national brand like this, um, and add a school that presumably in men's basketball is going to be very competitive and you know, it, it in women's basketball, it will be as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you have to do it. And, and then from UConn's perspective, this was the right time and not just competitively, but knowing how upset the university was with the American after the new TV deal was announced earlier this year, I think that might've been the extra kind of kick in the pants that, that the university needed this time to really make sure it got done. Yeah. And, you know, I saw a lot of people say that the Americans TV deal is actually good because they're, you know, got the ESPN plus stuff, but you know, the big East TV deal is really not bad. Um, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, Chris, were you going to say something? No, I was, it's all you. So, yeah. So from a pure, this is what each team takes home standpoint. Uh, yeah, you're getting more um, in the American, but that comes with about 35 different asterisks on it. 
And the the first one, and UConn President Susan Herbst acknowledged this in the press conference, is that on travel costs alone in the Big East, UConn's going to save a couple million dollars. That alone could offset the difference uh, in the TV deal. That's number one. Number two, this ESPN Plus thing, that's what really upset UConn um, for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, that really endangered UConn's current deal with SNY. And SNY carries uh, a whole bunch of men's basketball out of conference games. Pretty much every women's basketball game that's not nationally televised. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. One or two football games a year. And plus a whole bunch of additional content, coaches shows, pregame, postgame shows. Uh, I think they did like a docu-series last year. So it's a whole bunch of content that UConn was getting that they were going to have to forfeit. And knowing that that was primarily in women's basketball, knowing that UConn has the most valuable women's basketball program in the country and that a lot of their fan base, let's be honest, isn't of the uh, streaming generation that was going to be a huge problem. So that, that, that was one aspect of it. And then another was not only would UConn have to go to ESPN plus for a bunch of games, but it's going to be on UConn or it's going to be on each school in the AAC to produce that themselves. And that's going to cost a significant amount of money. And that also cuts into the difference between the two TV contracts. I think I saw an estimate that that would be like a half million dollar expense. So that's, nothing that's no small number right there so th- those are just a, a couple of different ways that you know the the broad numbers are, are a little misleading and then you know you could talk about tournament credits you could talk about um ticket sales which as i mentioned have already increased by a lot like at the end of the day uconn's taking home a lot more money in the big east than they are in the american and that i haven't even mentioned um, TV rights for, for football, which as bad as the football program is, is still going to bring in a little bit of money on the television side. So it, it was a no brainer. Yeah. I mean, and as it pertains, you know, to the TV deals between the two, obviously, you know, it's not CBS sports network is like a, it's a fine network. They don't track it for ratings or whatever. Cause it's in, it's not in a lot of homes, but FS1 is in a lot of homes. Um, There's seldom ever games on FS2, so they always put them on the regional networks before they put them on FS2 most of the time. Right. Then they'll go on Big Fox every now and then, which is a step up, obviously, from, you know, anything ESPN has to offer. It's on every television in America that way because ESPN doesn't put their college basketball games on ABC. Yeah. Maybe they did for, like, conference championship Mm -hmm. games in the past, but they don't do it anymore. So. Well, and I think the CBS Sports Network stuff gets overrated anyway because it's two games per year per team. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, exactly. it's, it's not a huge port. You know, most of the games are going to be on Fox Sports 1 or a regional CBS or Fox or, yeah, yeah, one of those regional like sports networks. If it's in that the Northeast area, it'll, maybe it's on Yes, maybe it's on SNY, maybe yeah. it's on, right. you know, an MSG or something like that. So, most of the time it's on Yes, though. So Yeah, right. And, and this hasn't been uh, fleshed out yet. Uh, on the UConn side because they just simply haven't gotten there. But b- based on what you're saying and based on what the Big East has said, it it sounds like uh, obviously Fox has first priority for any home any home games. They take what they want. They could then sublicense. They'll sublicense two a year, I think you said, to CBS, which is absolutely fine by me. Yeah. I mean, UConn was getting 
way more games than I think anybody would have wanted on CBS Sportsnet. And then, you know, whatever is left, they could then license to SNY, which is what I would assume is going to be UConn's preference uh, so that they could keep that relationship alive. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I think we've kind of answered what this means from the UConn side. So, you know, kind of switch gears, go to the Big East side, which we've gotten into a little bit. But, you know, I think just off the bat, like we kind of talked about going to 11, going to a 20-game conference schedule were things that were probably going to need to happen eventually. And, you know, to have it be UConn of all teams is probably the best that the Big East could have done, you know, shy of maybe getting Gonzaga, but that was never never going to be a logistical thing that could happen. So, right. Yeah. And I mean, you know, um, I've seen mostly Providence fans not be super pleased about it because, you know, like you kind of alluded to, they're recruiting against Dan Hurley more directly now. Um, Mm -hmm. No, it's been a lot of UConn left the Big E, which they didn't actually leave the Big East, but it's been, you know, UConn left. What if they leave again? But, you know, if the Big East is fine, if UConn leaves again, because it's fine right now. I mean, it was... It was so kind of touch and go for a while, yeah. But now, if they leave again, then you're left with what the Big East has been the past five years, which is still very good. Yeah. Yeah, so th- that's something that I'm glad you brought up, because it, there are a few different uh, a, a few different aspects to this. Num- number one, I don't know if you've read the contract that UConn signed with the Big East, but if UConn were to leave in the next... I think it was five years. That's a $30 million buyout that they would have to pay. And I would assume that would only happen uh, if somehow a power five conference came along, in which case, even if it did, I think every school in that conference would gladly take the $30 million in exchange for no longer playing UConn. Then it, then it drops to 15 million, then it drops to 10 million. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, UConn wouldn't be making this move if it thought there was a realistic chance that the ACC or the Big Ten or even the Big 12 would come calling in the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. I think they've realized that, that there was a time when it made more sense to sit and wait it out in the American, and that time has passed. And that's why uh, they are where they are right now and it, why it looks like they're going to uh, try and make football work as an independent. Yeah. No, and I mean— you know, that, that pretty much nails it. It's different than what it was in the earlier part of this decade with regards to realignment, yeah, where exactly. everyone was realigning and, you know, we didn't really know what was going to happen. Kind of things are a little more firm now. Um, I think something that's really exciting is we get a third Wednesday game in the Big East tournament now. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so it's going to be 8-9-6-11-7-10, which, yeah, I mean, that's... That's the way to do it. Um, kind of makes the Wednesday slate at the Garden a little more important because it's usually not great. No, it's definitely um, not. So, so yeah, let's. We get three games on Wednesdays now, so that'll be fun. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, you know, Russ, you alluded to it a little bit earlier too, but this is a big move for you know the women's basketball side as well, obviously, because yep. you're adding probably the premier the pre- program, the premier preeminent program in all of America. Yeah. So yeah. And, you know, it's it's an improvement for Big East baseball. UConn has been competitive in baseball yep. the past couple of years. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, and 
this is kind of like we talked about at the beginning. They're having a bad stretch, but every team has had that stretch, and they seem to be kind of coming out of it. I'm going to actually be really interested to see how UConn does this year now. Yeah, exactly. Because, yeah. you know, they looked better last year, kind of like we talked about. Yeah, they, they did, and the recruiting class they're bringing in, like I mentioned, is really good. They have uh, a cook, a cook who signed with them actually last year, sat out the second semester. So he's going to be eligible and he's going to play. He was a four-star recruit. If he had been, I think, counted in this class, I think he would have been a five-star. So you have him, you have a pair of backcourt guys, uh, Booknight and Gaffney, who uh, Dan Hurley loves. Um, He actually said uh, the other day that he he can't wait for us to see them play. of course, that means I can't wait to see them play. Um, said that Tyler Polly has made a lot of improvements in the offseason. Look, this is going to be a, a pretty good team. By, by pretty good, you know, I, I don't mean by traditional UConn standards, but by pretty good, I mean competitive, not, not a pushover, not a doormat in this conference. And, and I think with what other fan bases are saying about UConn in the American, I think they're going to kind of play with a chip on their shoulder this year and really try to go out. Um, go out strong if this is, in fact, their last year. Yeah, and, you know, just kind of going away from the Biggies for a minute, just for a general college basketball standpoint, I kind of feel bad for, you know, Wichita State, who finally joined a, you know, step up of a conference, and now that's probably going to be back going down a little bit again with UConn leaving. Yeah. I know Houston's still going to be there, and uh, Cincinnati will still be there. But well, according to and Kansas, Memphis, too. I mean, it's still a step up from the Valley, but it, it does lose a little bit of its of its draw with UConn leaving. Yeah. Yeah. But remember, Cincinnati is the bell cow of the American, according to Kelvin Sampson. Yeah, that was weird. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they've been, consistently, they've been the best team. Yeah. Uh, But they also just lost their head coach. They did. Yeah. So, kind of got to wait and see on them. I I think they'll be fine, but I don't know if they'll be, you know, the top team in the American for years and years. We'll we'll see. Yeah. They could be. Um, So, is Draylon Adams a Big East legend now? Does he qualify? Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, he he absolutely is. Uh, right up there with ACC legend Carmelo Anthony. Uh, right up there with Big 12 legend Kevin Pitsnoggle. Uh, you know, it, it absolutely, you could, take, you could take credit for Jalen Adams. Um, let me see. What else? I think we're getting to the end here. We covered a lot of ground in a not a lot of time. Um, the Big East has a third live dog mascot now. They do. So they do. Yeah. Oh, I actually got to meet Jonathan. I never had a chance to meet him actually in person. Uh, I can confirm he's a very good dog. <laughs> That's good. We we need that. Yeah. Yes, we do. Yeah. No, you, you need more good dogs in the conference. I think. Um. All right. I mean, do you guys have any final thoughts here? We're kind of. I mean, I'm just I, honestly, I'm glad that they're back. Um. It's just from a, you know, obviously, you know, you like to see them improve and chance start. Mm-hmm. You know, they, pro- they probably will. But I, I'm glad they're back. I'm glad the energy that the fan base brings will be back. I will be very intrigued at uh, the various Providence-UConn matchups coming up because <laughs> I, I get the sense that that's... Because UConn obviously had their, their rivalries with, uh, with Syracuse and the old Big East, but I, I get the sense that things are going to be... If they weren't hostile already between Providence and UConn, um, with the way that both teams are, have been going the past few years, and UConn, if they get a steady uptick, that's going to be a very hostile and very fun rivalry to see. Um, oh, and- absolutely. It, what helps is that 
from the sense that I've gotten is Providence fans hate Dan Hurley uh, yeah. back from his time at Rhode Island. So that adds a little more fuel to it. Yes. Also knowing that when UConn was in the Big East, the last time UConn kind of viewed Providence as like an annoying little brother and not really as a rival. And I think that rubbed a lot of Providence fans the wrong way for obvious reasons. Um, and over the last few years, Providence has out-recruited UConn, partly because they've been in the Big East. Now maybe that's going to change. And I think that's going to make this a very interesting rivalry. And I, I don't know exactly where each program is going to be a couple years from now, but that's, that's going to be a really fun one to watch. Maybe more than I would have expected going into this. Yeah. 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 I, um, I pretty much agree. All right. Russ, you got any final thoughts otherwise? Um, you know, I, I just want to say overall, uh, big East fans on Twitter, at least have been amazing. Uh, been really excited about this and i i'm excited to now root for a team that's in a conference with other teams that i can respect and that i can also root for and that that you know the, the hate that we have is kind of only on game day and you know you want to beat the heck out of each other on the court and then you root for each other in the tournament i i, I miss that kind of thing because really rooting against the american out of spite has been uh what's gotten us through these last few years. Like we've all hated it. We've all hated each other. I think fans in the Americans still hate each other. Um, so it, it's going to be nice to get back to that. The, the fans, except for the Providence fans have been fantastic. And, and I can't wait to see what fuel is added in the next year or so with recruiting wars. And, you know, if UConn maybe overperforms this season, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I really can't wait to, to see UConn play in the big East tournament again. Cause it's been weird without them there. Yeah. All right. Um, well, Russ, uh, you tell the people where they can find you in case they don't follow you by now, which everyone listening to this probably does, but you know, <laughs> yeah. If you don't follow me, follow me on the Twitters at Russ, R U S S underscore Steinberg S T E I N B E R G. You could follow, uh, the Yukon blog that I write for a dime back at dime back. And I'll plug mid, mid major madness as well even though the Big East is not a mid-major and UConn is not a mid-major. Uh, we're on Twitter at, at mid underscore madness. All right. Well, Russ, thanks for joining us. Um, we will obviously have to have you on more often now since uh, UConn is back. And, uh, yeah, have a good day. All right. Have a good day. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Well, thanks, everyone else, for joining us as well. Um, you can follow me at Robert O'Neill 31 You can follow Chris at Chris M. Novak. Follow the site at B-E-C-B underscore S-B-N, and we will be back with a podcast uh, probably closer to when the season starts. Take care.